Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's July the 6th. 2021. It's mid-morning in California. The headlines today, as always, over the last 18 months have been about the coronavirus. Seems as if uh, the cases are falling. The the mountain, we're on the descent at least um, in, in visual terms. Um, the numbers are down. But of course, there's still a lot of suffering out there. A lot of people getting sick, a lot of people dying. And a lot of people who have lost loved ones and continue to be sick or continue to suffer the consequences of the pandemic. Um, how are we going to get over all this suffering? Uh, one way of doing it is using music to heal the healers. Um, my guest today on the show, who has a new book out, has also been involved in a very interesting project to, I guess, essentially... Um, teach people on the front lines of the pandemic how to put their emotions, their grieving, their suffering, and their healing into song. Uh, her name uh, is Mary uh, Gaucheg. Um, Mary, if I pronounce that last name wrong, shoot me. Um, and she's also the author of a, of a wonderful new book. Her first book, it's not her first song, but her first book, Saved by a Song. Um, Mary, uh, where are you talking to me from, by the way? Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, uh, you have to be in Nashville. There's something very Nashville about you, Mary. Is that where you live? Yeah, yeah. I've been here for 20, 21 years. What's it like there? Crowded. Everybody's coming here now. It's a boom town. Uh, is there some regret in your voice there, or are you happy it's a boom town? I'm not happy it's a boom town. <laughs> it's too much too fast. It's uh we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have we don't have the infrastructure. What can I say? It's a lot of people suddenly. And uh so um we have to deal with uh the problems that come with uh population expansion that happens quickly. Well, speaking of too much uh too soon, Mary, of course the pandemic was all too much, all too soon, so much suffering. As I said in the introduction, um, you've been working with some of the frontline healers on putting their experiences, their emotional experiences into song. What have you learned that you didn't know as a, as a songwriter uh, from, from this experience of, of working with frontline workers on the pandemic? Um, well, you know, my job is to bear witness and to get their story. Uh, and help tell their story by turning it into song. Uh, so I just sit and uh, listen, uh, ask questions and follow up questions and see how they're doing. Um, I, I will say that uh, a lot of our frontline doctors, especially uh, in emergency rooms, uh, COVID units, doctors and nurses are tired. Uh, they've been uh, pushed to, to, uh, to their limit. There's been uh, such a long run of crisis. Uh, they're weary and uh, they just want this to end and they want things to get back to normal, uh, just like everybody else. Well, we're never going to get back to normal, Mary, at least judging from um, your book, Saved by a Song, uh, The Art and Healing Power of Songwriting. It, it's a very emotional read. 
a very uh, confessional read, uh, and it's full of suffering, and that suffering uh, is core to the narrative. In some ways, uh, songwriting has healed you, but in some ways, I'm guessing that you don't believe we can ever be healed, can we? Well, I think that's a word that gets thrown around and has so many layers of meaning that it's almost a problematic word. I, I will say what, that, healing. Yeah, yeah, because it implies permanence. Uh, and I'm not sure uh, that uh, everybody agrees on the definition of healing. I, I do think that for me, music and song has been an important part uh, of giving me purpose. Um, and uh, being attached to purpose has been real important to me. Uh, and it's also been a way um, in my later years uh, of finding service, uh, writing with veterans uh, who've served our country, writing with doctors and nurses, um, using my songs to talk about uh, recovery from addiction. Uh, it's, it's a way of, um, of getting past my own uh, story into, into other stories that uh, uh, can, can be useful uh, to 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 under, help understanding of things that so many people deal with. So different, of course, from your songs, uh, Mary. But the book itself, uh, as I said, uh, saved by a uh, a song. The art and healing power of of songwriting is very moving, very profound, uh, very elegant and elegiac. Uh, it begins, interestingly enough. I always like when I, you know, we have a lot of authors on this show, I always like to pick on the, um, the first quote, the introductory quote, and you have something from the Gospel of Thomas. I'm quoting it. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. I'm curious, Mary, uh, in terms of the book and your own life and your relationship with organized religion, there seems to be something deeply religious about a lot of your songs, your work, your book, and yet you don't really wear that on your sleeve. Yeah, I'm not affiliated with any denomination whatsoever, but I, I do believe in redemption. I do believe in transformation. I do. I believe in alchemy. I believe in taking trauma and pain uh, and turning it into something useful, flipping it over uh, and building bridges with it. Um, I was raised in the Catholic religion. I don't adhere to the tenets today. But that quote from the Gospel of Thomas really spoke to me uh, because I think it, it speaks to how I see art. Um, you know, I work under a, 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 a certain uh, style of songwriting. Some would call it confessional. I just call it vulnerable and honest. Um, and, you know, music and song is such a large umbrella. It can fit so many different approaches uh, and all can be successful. You know, I'm in a town of commercial music where the idea behind writing songs for the most part is trying to get on the radio. Uh, and I don't um, compete at that level, nor do I try to. Um, what I'm trying to do has much more to do uh, with, in, in, in uh, you know, I hate to use religious words, but salvation. In other words, redemption from from the weight. Well, do you hate to use character. religious words? Why Why do you hate using religious words? I hate using religious words because I'm not a member of any religion. 
and I don't want to borrow. Well, you're a member of the broader religion. You you sort of sit above all the religions, don't you? Is that fair? Well, <laughs> I mean, not you personally, but uh, maybe your your band of uh, you call yourself uh, at the end of the book uh, a troubadour, which fits you in to a, a a more timeless tradition of 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 expression, of song, of music. Why did you choose this word, troubadour, Mary? Because I think going from town to town, um, carrying my own suitcase, driving my own car, uh, getting on stage in front of uh, groups of people, wherever they'll hire me to play, doing it alone uh, with a bottle of water, a spotlight, and a bar stool uh, fits me into a tradition of old school storytelling. And I tell a story and I sing a song, and I tell a story and I sing a song, and and I go around the world doing it, and I've done it for 30 years, and, and I just feel like it fits into uh, the, 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 the model of the ancient storytellers. Uh, it's not a commercial enterprise, although I make a living doing it. Um, it's not, the goal is not um, uh, mass cultural success. It is to connect with the hundred or so people in front of me every night. We have an ongoing debate in this show, uh, Mary, about the value of work. Some people say that work can save us. Some people, like the the journalist Sarah Jaffe, argues that work won't love you back. Do you think of your singing of your music as work? It's clearly a calling. I'm guessing you probably wouldn't advise many people to follow your quote-unquote career because it's a tough one. But do you think of it as work? Mm, that's a tough question. I think going to the airport and getting beat up in travel is work. Uh, getting, you know, but when you uh, get on stage, that's not work, is that's it? That's not work. That's I'd do that for free. A, a Would long you pay time to ago. do it? I mean, you, uh, <laughs> as you say, you probably don't earn as much as a lot of the certainly a lot of the superstars. You probably could earn more money if you shaped your career otherwise. But clearly, you're not driven by the money, are you? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No, I'm I'm not. I, I uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think of it as work. I think of it as, uh, like you said, a calling. Um, there's work involved. Certainly, going from place to place, uh, uh, traveling as I get older gets harder. But I I still, when I get on stage, it's like showtime, and I love it, and it fills me, it fills me with purpose and joy. Um, it, it's different than the work in the Marxian. Uh, uh, terminology. And I think maybe that's what the author was referring to is alienated labor. I am not alienated from the fruits of my labor. I am intimately connected with the fruits of my labor. I'm a small enterprise composed of me. Uh, And uh, that is joyful. Uh, I don't have um, a large team and I don't want one. Uh, I'm I'm free in, in so many ways. I'm independent. And I make my decisions and I don't get told what to do, where to go or what to say. If, if, if I'm given a success, it, it, it's from choices I made. If I, if I if fail, it's from choices I made. Yeah, there's something, uh, as you say, you have got beyond the alienation of labor. Uh, going back to this notion of you being a troubadour, as you say, it goes back to the ancients and particularly to the Middle Ages. And I think it it speaks in the book and your work to an interesting, I wouldn't say contradiction, but division in your work. On the one hand, you speak universally to suffering, to being on the road, to using music and song to give meaning and purpose 
to other people. And yet, on the other hand, there's something remarkably American about you, uh, Mary, for better or worse. You're writing about America. You're not writing about 16th century France or uh, 5th century Greece. You're writing about the American experience of addiction, of war, of alienation, of suffering, of drinking. Is that fair or am I putting you in a box? I think that's fair. Although so much of, of what, what I speak is, is understood deeply in other countries where I play. Uh, a lot of what I'm going through and speaking of is my lifetime, born in 62, um, I'm 59. Uh, I write from what I know. Uh, I write from what I witness, and an awful lot of that is a uniquely American experience. Um, uh, however, um, working with the veterans, um, I learned that war uh, experience, as I, as I listened to, I, I wrote, I still do, I, I wrote with veterans for, for, for seven and a half years. I'll be doing another workshop uh, soon with veterans, uh, a lot of them with PTSD. What I've learned working and writing with them is while the wars that they fought uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq were particular, their experience goes all the way back to pre-Shakespearean writing, and they, and the the experience of war on a human being uh, is timeless. It, the the way of fighting changes, uh, the way it affects women and men uh, is profoundly timeless and universal. Mary, we had a couple of guys on the show, and I, and I say men in particular. Um in the last month, talking about cultural moments. We had Jonathan Taplin, you probably know him. He was I Dylan's think. tour manager in 64 and been very much involved both with Hollywood and the organized mu uh, the, the music industry. He wrote a book called The Magic Years about the glory years of the 60s. And then we had the journalist Ron Brownstein on, new book out, Rock Me on the Water from uh, the Jackson Brown song, suggesting that 1974 represents a kind of high point for American culture in Los Angeles. Um, I'm guessing that you're not very nostalgic for the 1960s and for the glory years in American culture. Is that fair? Fair enough. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I loved that period. I was young then, uh, very young. Um, so... Uh, I missed the. I wasn't an adult yet, so I missed the, 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 the freedom experienced by by what they're expressing in the books. Um, but I think uh, maybe I don't want to be accused of being an optimist, but I do think that uh, there is <laughs> a great deal of wonderful art being made today. It just doesn't hit the the um, the mainstream the way it used to. There's not going to be any more Springsteen's, Dylan's, Jackson Brown's that are 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 heard by by hundreds of millions of people. We have smaller uh, factions and groups and and uh, genres like Americana that reach people at ground level, but aren't going to hit the the huge numbers. But the art is fantastic, and and so uh, but the mass cultural moments that they speak of uh, that that might be over in 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 many ways. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Taylor Swift hits everybody, but that's different, I think, in some ways. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends what you mean by hit. Um, yeah. uh, 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 Mary, um, 
I've been listening to your music this morning as well as reading the book. Uh, recently, we had the author Robert McKee on the show. Uh, he's a best-selling writer. He's written books about how to write um, screenplays. He wrote character. He wrote dialogue and story. Your book, in part, is a book about writing songs. I know it came out of another project where you were asked by Yale University Press to write a book about songwriting. Can you teach that? Or is it kind of like sex or other things that you can't really teach? Either you do it or you don't. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm not sure of a good, clean answer. What I say in the book is I try to encourage it more than teach it. Um, I think if you encourage what's working uh, in a student's song, uh, they'll continue doing that, and some of what's not working is going to fall away. So I try to encourage uh, songwriters uh, and bring forth uh, their voice. Um, the craft is definitely teachable. Verse, chorus, bridge, meter, rhythm, that's teachable, but the, the, uh, the challenge is to teach the art. And that has to do with voice and, and saying something. Um, and the best that I can do as, as their teacher or encourager uh, is to ask them to be brave and take a risk and say something uh, that scares them. Because I think that's where um, it starts to get interesting, is when a songwriter gets vulnerable. Uh, you mentioned Bruce Springsteen earlier this week or last week. He returned to Broadway. Um, you mentioned that you're never going to be as popular, perhaps as rich or as acclaimed as Springsteen doesn't seem to bother you. But you do quote Springsteen at the beginning of the book. You say that um, uh, he sees writing music as a as a kind of an activity in a, a repair shop, and he regards himself as a repair man. You like that. Talk to me a little bit about how writing songs is like being a repair man or woman. I really love that quote from the boss. And, and the reason I love it is because I think what he's referencing is connection. What, what we suffer from so much, especially these days, is broken connections. And music can reconnect us. It's a bridge that uh, we can build that uh, uh, connects me to you. We, we can experience the emotion of a song together. Uh, and these uh, broken connections um, can, can be... Um, reconnected in a three and a half minute song. Is it is it permanent? No. Is it uh, transformational? Uh, sometimes. But I think if you got a, you know, like the Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville, 60,000 people singing Born to Run together, that is a spiritual experience. And it brings us together in ways that are, you know, tribal. Uh, and music can, if it's sung in ways that are, are telling important and difficult truths, it can really um, bring people out of isolation, at least for a little while. And it certainly has been an important part of me finding my way back uh, from being quite lost as a person. But writing music isn't always about connection, isn't it? You mentioned uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, his one of my, probably my favorite song of all of his is Tangled Up in Blue. We always did feel the same. We just saw it from a different point of view. His work is about disconnection. I mean, it's not always about connecting, is it, Mary? Well, yeah, if it works, it's about connection. But what Dylan did with Tangled Up in Blue is we connected over being disconnected. 
That's a lovely way of putting it. And in a way, your work's kind of like that. You begin uh, the book um, with uh, your song, I Drink, and a narrative about your own experience of being disconnected, of how alcohol separated you from the world and how it also, by kicking it, it saved you. Um, are you, is this a book about connection or disconnection in your life or both? Both. Both. I think it, it, it really is uh, the story of, uh, of constantly uh, 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 dealing with what you're dealt. And um, I've certainly uh, used music and song as a way of coping. And I've come out at it uh, with desperation. Uh, and that's not manufactured. That's real life desperation. And it's delivered for me over and over again. And I'm not the only one, you know, I, I, uh, I've spoken to so many of my friends about, about their motives, you know, John Hyatt, like I'm desperate. I, desperation brought me here. Uh, so many uh, songwriters are brought to it for reasons other than simple, um, uh, commercial motives to write hits. There's there's something about about being a songwriter uh, that 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 the certain type of songwriter I'm 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 referencing like myself that uh, it's like grabbing onto a life raft in an ocean during a hurricane. Um, Do you think you have to be in that ocean? I mean, to you use that that metaphor in the hurricane, you were I don't know if you were an alcoholic, but as you suggested at the beginning of your book, you used alcohol liberally until you were. Um, and, and, until you got a, D, a DUI and that changed you. Um, you also write in the book about your confused sexuality and your adoption. Had you been, um, had you been quote unquote luckier, and I use that word very carefully, had you been born into, a, into a, uh, uh, the conventional American family, uh, and being a heterosexual, do you think you still could have been a, a songwriter? Do you think you would have had this calling? I don't know. I don't know. I, that, that's not my experience, so it would be purely speculative, and I, it would be a wild guess. But given the conditions that, that I've, I've, um, I, I've been dealt or have found myself in, uh, this has been a really uh, important part of of me getting into recovery. And yes, I am an alcoholic and I'm sober and I have been uh, for quite some time. Uh, part of my recovery uh, has been uh, held together by, by uh, using music and song to express what was going on and then bringing that out into the world and having other people say, yeah, me too, me too. Those two words are really a big deal. You mentioned earlier, Mary, almost surprising yourself that you're an optimist. Um, why you are you an optimist in an America of opioid addiction, of increasing inequality, of isolation, of one kind of addiction or another? What makes you the optimist? Well, I work at the ground level um, and I meet uh, hundreds of people a night. Uh, and while people are struggling, they're still very kind. Uh, I see. I see goodness in human nature. Of course, there's horror in human nature, but there's goodness too. Uh, and if I focus on that, there's there's reason for optimism. Um, certainly, uh, I've experienced the kindness of strangers over and over again from my birth. And um, if I look for it, it's there. Um, I also think there's a 
it's, it's a cliche, but it's been my experience. You get what you give. If you put it out there, it comes back to you. And uh, the longer I stay sober, the the less the less anger I carry, the less aggression I have, the more likely I am to forgive and and the more kindness I receive. It, it seems to be that simple. Mary, you're a big reader. I know Saved by a Song is your first book, and you're obviously a, a prolific writer of songs. Uh, but in terms of your condition, your struggles, your feelings, your hopes, um, what books, what writers have given you meaning, direction? Oh, gosh, yeah. I read all the time. Uh, I've got thousands of books in my house. I'm surrounded by books. Um, I just finished I, I just finished a historical uh, story about the great hurricane that destroyed Galveston in 1900 called Isaac's Storm because we played in Galveston. And I like to visit uh, the mom and pop bookstores in the towns that I play. And I've always been curious about that storm because Galveston was ahead of Houston at the turn of the century uh, for the most important city in Texas. Uh, and after this storm, uh, it was brought to his knees. It, it's still to this day the greatest natural disaster in the history of our country, 8,000 dead. Uh, so I just finished that book. It's a page turner. And uh, while we have a hurricane hitting right now in Florida, uh, it's not a major storm, but it's still, it still might bring some, some, some pretty high tides to the Tampa area. I'm keeping my eye on it. I'm curious of it always because I'm from New Orleans, so I watch storms. So I'll read historical novels. I'll read fiction um, I'll read my friends' books. My so many songwriters are authors now. What and did I you thought, think of uh, some of these other uh, mu musician autobiographies, the Springsteen one or the Dylan one? Love Dylan's Chronicles. Please, Bob, give us ver volume two. Uh, loved it. It, it. it was in some ways shocking because he presented himself as I'm a regular guy. Um, and I love, I love how his voice works as an author. It's uh, the inner workings of Mystery Man. Yeah, and there's that middle section, or maybe it's the end section in New Orleans. So I, I'm sure you, you felt that. Uh, yeah, he's riding his motorcycle I... down 308, the Cajun, uh, the Cajun Highway on the side of the bayou where my parents lived. Yeah. I can't let you escape without a comment about Johnny Cash. Uh, you, uh, you mentioned him in the book. Um, always to me, there's something, I mean, all, all musicians, of course, are unique, but there's something peculiarly, almost, almost metaphysically unique about him. To tell me why Johnny Cash could get away with what he did, why he has that voice that seems so hard to replicate. I think he committed himself to remaining authentic in spite of the superstardom uh, that he experienced. Uh, and I think he also always remained open to new music uh, and, and new songs and young artists. Uh, you know, that, that is one way of staying relevant and staying uh, informed and, and in many ways staying spiritually young. He, he was always authentic and, and open to, 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 new, to new artists. And I think he was a very committed uh, Christian uh, and he had his values and he stuck to them. Uh, and then he failed uh, and then he needed redemption. And, and that made him human and interesting. You can't. F f um, if you're a Christian, you have to fail, don't you? The it's best impossible. Christians fail. It's impossible. The ideals are unreachable. 
and and yet that's why they're ideals. But if you're willing to have an honest look at yourself and 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 try to do better, uh, you, we can't ask more of a human being. Uh, speaking of ideals and and, and achieving um, greatness, your your songs are great. They really are. They're wonderful. Uh, Saved by a song is also great in a different way. You introduce each of the chapter or most of the chapters with one of your songs. Did you get frustrated as a songwriter that it's so hard to realize the lyricism, the profundity of songwriting in a book? It's yeah, yeah. You 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 reach a you reach a, a ledge and then you're at the Grand Canyon. Um, the reason there's a mystery uh, in this in this process um is because it, it there's something uh mystical about it. it it there is uh no no way to fully describe the art but because it's it's too mysterious um you mean songwriting or writing or both both um and i i labored over this book for six years I still can't believe it's done, and it. I read it, the audio version, and I, I, I'm proud of it, and it's really good. And there's parts I don't even remember, like how did I, how did I connect all that? It, it, it you look back on the work and go, um, wow, how, how did that even happen? But was it a different act of writing? You know, um, musicians often talk about, you know, especially you hear these uh, these stories of Dylan writing various masterpieces, you know, in a day or half a day or a couple of hours. Um, I don't know how you write songs, but was the writing of the book different? Did it require more discipline, more formality? Absolute solid yes. Yeah. Yeah, six years for a book, you know. We didn't spend all six years on the book, right? No, but I did spend an awful lot of time. If I were paid by the hour, this wouldn't be worth doing. I think, ultimately, it's mysterious. I just toy- till, the, you know, till the soil, till the soil. Work, work, dig, dig, try, try, and something started to take shape. Um, I worked worked in my free time. I got up early in the morning. I worked really hard. I'm not uh, experienced with long form writing. You know, I've been writing my songs three and a half, four minutes for thirty years. Going on and on is not something I I knew how to do, uh, and to do in a way that that was interesting. There's also uh, something very visual about your writing. I'm not saying that. This book could make a movie, but um, what is your relationship to the the visual arts, to video? Do you do you see the crossover as natural between the kind of writing you do and, and visualizing the stories that you write down, both in music and in books? I do. I always think of it as as a scene, uh, and trying to think of myself in ways uh, kind of as a cinematographer to set the scene and bring you into the scene uh, and, and insert you into a story that has a beginning, a middle, and end, and then it attaches to something significant uh, that, that has meaning uh, in, in the, you know, my gentle guidance towards mm. understanding uh, some of the art of song. Well, everyone needs to listen to your work. Um, I drink. Uh, we got the lyrics here. Mercy Now, wonderful song. Uh, Goddamn HIV, many other songs, uh, all kind of included in this new book, Saved by a Song by by Mary Gaucher. Um, Her first book, new book, The Art and Healing Power of Songwriting. 
Mary, I usually end these interviews with a recommendation of a book. You've talked about some books. We've talked about some some old-time music stars, Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen. What about a couple of younger artists that you would encourage people to listen to that perhaps they wouldn't know because we no longer have the superstars? Yeah, there's so many. Um, Who do you of- really enjoy listening to? Maybe a couple of women in particular. Courtney Marie Andrews is incredible. Um Particular, a particular album or song? The new one is amazing. She's got uh, several. Uh, I, lo- I don't know the name of the new one, but uh, we've been listening to it around this house. Um, Brandy Carlisle has broken through. Uh, she's an incredible uh, songwriter, singer, and author. Her book was uh, number one on the New York Times book review when it came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. Her book is fabulous. Um and uh, her approach is different than mine, and and uh, uh, I I just devoured it. I loved uh, her book, Alison. Um, Mary Gaucher, your book is fabulous. I devoured it. Saved by a song. Keep writing. We need a new book from you. We need many more songs. Keep well. Congratulations on the songs, on on your life, uh, on being saved, of being imperfect, and keep going. Lovely and an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much. Pleasure's mine. Thanks for having me on.